Well, that's a cheerful gospel on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Our gospel today picks up right where we left off last week, but it's a complete turn of events from what we heard. Last week was Jesus going back to his hometown and being rejected, and then him commissioning the 12 disciples to go out and do ministry, to teach, preach, and heal, and to spread the good news. And so immediately as he says to them, if you are not welcome, shake the dust off your feet and go and find someplace else to go, we get today's passage. And so it's kind of a, a weird thing because Mark puts this in the gospel in such a way that it interrupts the flow of what is happening. Because as soon as you get to verse 30, the verse immediately following where I stopped today, the disciples pick back up and they check in with Jesus and they tell him everything that they've been doing, all the good work that they've been doing. And so some say, oh, well, Mark was using this as a filler because he didn't, you know, they, they were off. The disciples had gone two by two off to do their work. That's a little shaky. Because the thing is, Mark is the shortest gospel of all four gospels. And he uses 15 verses, today's passage, to tell a story from the past. He is telling something that doesn't even include Jesus' name, which is also another kind of record. It's the, only, it's the only passage of scripture that does not mention Jesus at all. And so why would Mark put this story, this piece, in the middle of the gospel when his words were so valuable and this, the, the time that he had was so valuable? And the only thing that I can think of through my study and reading of other people is that he wanted to make sure the, the disciples knew what they were getting themselves into. And in turn, us, what we're getting ourselves into as disciples and followers of Christ. You see, the kingdom of God is what we've been talking about in the Gospel of Mark and finding ways in which to enter into the kingdom of God or how the kingdom of God is present in your life and you are invited to be a part of it. Well, today we see in the story of John's beheading the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of Herod, and it is one that is lavish and powerful um, and um, uh, exorbitant, uh, I can't think of the word, I can't even say it right now, but big and lavish and, um, and kind of gross. Um, the fact that he has this large party with people most likely drinking, his daughter dancing for them, it was beyond what any of us would probably ever experience, but especially the people that Jesus was a part of and the people that he reached out to, they would never be a part of this kind of party. And so we see this and the consequences that Herod has to make in this gospel. He was conflicted because he had heard John and he, I think, respected John in a way, but he also feared him because he knew he was a man of God. But yet, because he wanted to save face and keep his promise and to show the people around him the power with which he had, he still killed John. He still did that. And so I continue to think a little bit more and more about this. And not only does Mark use this story to, to help 
let the disciples know what's going on, but he's also foreshadowing what's going to happen to Jesus because everything that happened to John also happened to Jesus. John was passive in this situation. He was not out preaching. He was not doing anything. He was sitting in his prison cell when the action came upon him. Jesus was in the garden praying when the action came upon him and he was taken. Um, There's a comparison between Herod and Pilate. There's comparison about how the followers of John and the followers of Jesus both came and claimed the body and bury it in a tomb out of respect. So there's all these things interweaving, all these things coming together in this one passage. And so I think the question that Mark poses to us today is, we have two kingdoms in which we can live in, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. Which do we choose? Well, we know we're going to live in the kingdom of the world because that's, that's who we are. That's our culture. That's what's going to happen. But it's how we act in the kingdom of the world. How do we be in the kingdom of the world? That's really what's posed here. And so some things to think about. The kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is a place where one is vulnerable and their sharing of our life together with one another, that we seek mercy and justice for those who are in need, and that there is grace, this abundant great grace that is just freely given to us because we are children of God. And that leads to a life that is full of abundance and love. And then there's this kingdom of the world, And in particular, we see in Herod's world, but we can also see in our own world, and and we see it in all of the kind of dramas, whether they're political or crime or uh, even soap operas. We see in these dramas on TV and the movie screen, this kingdom of the world where there is power and there's hunger to gain influence over others and there's competition and fear and envy. And unfortunately, that's just the world in which we live. And and we're trained to say, well, which kingdom do we want to live in? We're trained to say, oh, I want to live in the kingdom of God. Right? That's what we want to say really quickly. But the thing is, it's not that easy. Because as Jesus was telling to his disciples, and Mark is reminding them today, You can live in the kingdom of God, but there are consequences to that. There's death. There's persecution. There's exile. We see that from the moment of Jesus' disciples all the way to now, that there are Christians still being persecuted in far-off corners of this world. All of the martyrs and saints that that were killed because they professed and followed Jesus in a time where people didn't understand and they were scared and they were fearful. And so coming to the kingdom of God does have a bit of risk involved in it. But you know, I think that risk is so worthwhile. Because once we are a part of the kingdom of God or invited into the kingdom of God, Yes, we do die. We die as part of our baptism. We are buried with Christ and we are raised to new life in him. And we are, when we fully surrender to that, when we live into our baptismal vows, 
well, gosh, life is completely different. And when we get back to the, the next part of the gospel, well, you know what party, what dance, what banquet is there? The feeding of the 5,000. And there's not the rich and the famous and the powerful, but it is the poor and the hungry and the needing and those who desire to be in community and with one another. And for having five loaves and two fish and full bellies after it was all said and done, I think that's the party I want to go to. That's the kingdom I wish to live in. And so for you, my friends, that's the question. That's the tug. We're always going to have the world that pulls on us. Money, power, fame, recognition, all of that is going to be a part of who we are. And if we surrender to that, we're going to keep chasing our tail trying to achieve that. We're going to keep trying to play into that game over and over again, and it's exhausting. I've done it. I'm sure you have done it or are doing it now. It's exhausting, and it's not who we are. It's not the people, we are not the people God created when we are in that situation. The kingdom of God, it's, it's not easy either, but it's a place where there is grace and redemption and forgiveness and renewal. And most importantly, love. Love is a part of the kingdom of God. And so as you think more about this and these readings kind of just percolate in your brain today, tomorrow, the next, think about the kingdom of God. Think about the kingdom of the world and how, how we can bring these two together, how we can make them live together in a way that is a little bit more harmonious, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more loving. And then... Think about when we get to next week's gospel and what happens then and how we've moved from one place to the next and truly know that Jesus is journeying with us, showing us the way so that we can be disciples today and always. Amen.